Welcome to another Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. I'm host Chuck Nichols, and with my co-host Jason Gottesman, the spokesman for the House Majority Caucus, that's the Republicans here in the Pennsylvania House. Jason, talk to us about what is going on here with school sports. School sports is just getting batted back and forth and back and forth. We're open, we're closed, we're allowed, we're not. Parents are allowed to watch. No, they're not. They're spectators. No. Indoor, outdoor. And then the governor says we can do it and then threatens to veto legislation that would guarantee that. What's going on here? Yeah, this is all part of the, uh, the the confusing and inconsistent way in which the governor has handled uh, pretty much everything during the pandemic. And and frankly, this is, uh, you know, nothing new from him, but really something you would hope that, that he would be able to see the better side of and work in a bipartisan manner with a, a bipartisan majority of the General Assembly, uh, a veto-proof majority of the General Assembly, and, and allow uh, these these kids to play sports, uh, at least those allow those decisions to be made at the local level, allow parents to the decisions about whether parents or spectators are allowed to be made at the local level. And again, he, he says that he has already allowed those these things. One, I don't know where in the world he thinks that he has the authority to allow or disallow this. Again, this is a unilateral, overbroad overreach by the governor. But uh, the, the General Assembly has taken the step of veto-proof bipartisan majority of the General Assembly has taken the step of in trying to enshrine in law that which the governor says already exists. And for whatever reason, the governor now sees fit to veto that bill. I, I don't know why he would want to go up against a, a massive bipartisan veto-proof majority in both chambers on an issue that affects Pennsylvania's children, that affects parents, that affects uh, scholarship opportunities, that affects lifelong mentorships, that affects life lessons learned on the football field or sports field. Uh, these are educational opportunities that happen outside of the classroom that, that allow for growth, that allow for, again, lifelong lessons uh, for students. And for many students, an opportunity to maybe go to college where they wouldn't be able to afford it. Uh, this is what the governor is messing with now. You know, his 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 lip service to the fact that this is uh, something that can already be done. This merely just puts it into law. I don't know why he would not want it in law if he didn't want the authority to change his mind. And, and allowing that decision to remain out there that he could possibly go back on his word provides uncertainty, a lack of clarity, and inconsistency for Pennsylvanians who are looking for a sense of normal and have their voices heard by the governor who does not listen to them by continuing to veto legislation passed on a bipartisan basis by the General Assembly. And so I'm getting the strong impression that if he does do this veto, it's going to come back in his face. We're going to try to override this. As you said, uh, I think we're looking at one, 155 to 47 was the vote in the House. I mean, that looks like uh, a, lot of po- a lot of folks on uh, the Democrat side would have to uh, go back on their vote to to side with the governor on this. Yeah, th- this is something that right before we recorded this, uh, the House Majority Leader Kerry Benninghoff, who's my boss, said we will bring this up for a veto override as soon as we have the chance. Um, again, the governor has to veto it and, and send it back to us in order for that to happen. We don't know when he is going to do that. But uh, this is uh, really a no-brainer to stand up for Pennsylvania's children, stand up for Pennsylvania's families, and allow them to have their voices heard. We, we will be bringing this up for an override vote. And let's stand up now for some Pennsylvania workers. Uh, Another thing that was going on this week is the governor wanted to talk about uh, opening up restaurants, and he's saying, I'm going to expand things and make it a lot easier for uh, restaurants to do their business. But then he actually uh, said he's only expanding from 25 to 50 percent. That is, uh, as my wife, who is an executive chef, says, that's not really uh, a functional number. 
where do you stand on this, and, and why does the governor keep keep uh, creeping at this rather than letting the uh, an industry like this that already deals with public safety and, and knowing how to keep things clean, uh, why is he keeping them pushed down? Yeah, that's a very good question because it doesn't make any sense. So for, for, for months now, six months, the governor has been uh, you know, holding these restaurants back from fully reopening uh, currently and even still now as we talk since his new um, his his new restrictions don't take a pl- uh, effect until September 21st. Uh, restaurants are stuck at 25% capacity. So they're not making any money. That's 75% of the tables not making any money. Now as we're entering into the uh, colder season when people cannot even eat outdoors anymore, he is raising that restriction to 50% while cutting off alcohol sales at 10 p.m. At 50% capacity, restaurants are merely at a break-even point in terms of what they're able to do on a day-to-day basis. And that's if they fill all the tables. And frankly, they make a lot of their money in alcohol sales. So if they don't aren't able to serve alcohol, and again, you still have to abide by the restrictions of food selling and all that stuff to, in order to, to, to sell alcohol right now, um, you know, you're, you're really putting uh, trouble on, on these restaurants. And again, the industry themselves said the governor didn't give them anything. And keep in mind, many of these restaurants were on the verge of collapse anyway from having six months worth of, of being restricted to 25%. So really, get, you know, having uh, the governor forcing you to operate at a loss, not able to pay your employees, not able to pay your suppliers, not able to pay the service that, that services that rely on your restaurant, now he's allowing you to br- merely break even after six months of losses. Um, and this is just, again, typical of how the governor has viewed uh, his response during this pandemic. Uh, t- today, as we record this, the governor is going to hold a press conference telling the General Assembly to pass legislation to help small businesses, when it's been the governor who has been picking winners and losers throughout the pandemic by forcing small businesses to close, but keeping Walmart, Target, uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, and other mega retailers open, uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. This, this shutdown is on him. He owns it. Um, and, and frankly, without working at us, uh, with us on a bipartisan basis to get anything done, it's disingenuous for him to stand at a podium and demand uh, that we do anything to help bail him out of his self-created problems. It does seem like he's trying to keep a segment of the population unemployed uh, at a time when unemployment is really a problem in our Commonwealth. Also, money is a problem in our Commonwealth. He's trying to legalize weed to come up with some, some cash. There's also some problems going on in the Commonwealth with a little bit of confusion when it comes to what's going on with the election. As we head towards this election with uh, the first major general election with our new election laws in place, we just did some uh, election code updating last week. One thing that has really kind of been a contentious thing is drop boxes and making sure that the election is actually secure. We're getting this done in a timely fashion and getting good results what's the latest here? Well, yeah, drop boxes have never been legal in our election code, and, and they are not legal in the in the legislation currently moving through, or legalized in the legislation currently moving through the General Assembly. House Bill 2626 is still awaiting final passage in the Senate. The governor has indicated he will veto that bill. I don't understand how he can veto something that's not to his desk yet or finalized, but uh, but that's, that's, that's for him to figure out. Um, but drop boxes are, are a major concern for the security and, and integrity of the process. Um, I, I was just talking to somebody who said that they are experiencing or have heard people constructing drop boxes to put on the back of a truck so they can drive it around and have people put their ballots in it. That sounds an awful lot like ballot harvesting. Um, you know, when you have these drop boxes that are not observed or in unsecure locations, or uh, it, it opens it up to all sorts of potential abuses. You know, we're concerned about maintaining the security and integrity of the process. Uh, in House Bill 20. 
26, 26 Republicans, since the governor removed himself from negotiating in the process and he didn't want to be involved in, in crafting uh, a very important piece of, of legislation, expanded the number of places in which people can cast their ballots. So not only can you still vote in person and you can mail in your ballot, uh, but you can also drop off your your mail-in ballot at the county board of elections in person, uh, or on election day you can take it to your polling place and drop it off as well. So you, there there is really no reason, and with expanded timelines, uh, we've given very generous timelines for people to get their ballots, fill it out, and cast their ballot. There is no reason why people should not need or should need the the, the these these not legal drop boxes to to vote. There are plenty of ways for them to vote uh, to begin with. And speaking of something that really doesn't make sense, the governor is. Th- threatening to veto a piece of legislation that expands the number of places that people can drop off their their ballot and expands the ability for people to vote. Uh, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of sense because if he vetoes this, it goes back to the way it was, which really limits things. Yeah, the governor is hoping to have a uh, friendly Supreme Court give him everything that he wants uh, and, and through litigation rather than working through the General Assembly. That's not how this process works. Article 1, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution says that it's up to the General Assembly or the state legislature, as, as the, the Constitution puts it, to determine the time, place, and manner of elections. This is a uh, legislative process inherently. The governor continues to make end runs around the General Assembly and not, not listen to the people's voices as articulated by members of the General Assembly, removing himself from the process, uh, refusing to compromise, refusing to work on a bipartisan basis, and, uh, and and then and then taking the final product and saying he doesn't agree with it. Well, you know, that's just not how sausage is made in, 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 in government. And, um, you know, if the governor were to be part of the process, I would imagine that the final product would look a lot different. He's Jason Gottesman. I'm Chuck Nichols. This is Pennsylvania Policy Podcast on PA House Podcasts.